Welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Snyder, and I'm so glad you're here, taking time out of your busy life to join in the conversation. In this space, we'll discuss what it means to live a life rooted in Christ and what that looks like practically in the different areas of our lives. Through short, manageable episodes that you can listen to while doing the dishes or taking a shower, we'll talk about how to live our lives intentionally as Christ followers. My prayer is that in whatever roles we fill or responsibilities we have, no matter where we are planted, we will become rooted and established in Christ. Welcome back to the Rooted and Established podcast. Sarah, I'm so glad to have you here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So Sarah and I actually met on Instagram, where we meet all the best people, right? Um, (laughs) But we have been chatting over the course of a few months, and we just had some really great dialogue. I'm like, "Mm, this should be a podcast episode. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself, your family, what you do, all the things. Okay. So I am a writer. I write personally as I'm learning and growing with the Lord. And I do content writing for a nonprofit ministry out of Atlanta. Um, I am married to a pastor. I am mom to two kids. I homeschool them. Um, and then in my local church, get to participate in mentoring and discipleship and teaching through the Bible. Um, and I live on the other coast from you. So I'm getting <laughs> yeah. the sunrises while you're getting the sunset. Yep. Yep. We are basically as far apart as possible. <laughs> yes. So we are going to be talking today about really our identity in Christ. And I feel like maybe that feels a little cliche or overused, but it really is the basis for everything else that we build on. It's the basis for the Christian life. It's the basis of this podcast. It it is the foundation for us to, to build everything else on top of. So um, when we're growing our roots deep, into Christ, that's really another way of saying growing or putting our identity in him. And if we're not putting our identity in Christ, if we're not growing our roots in him, then we're going to be putting it into something. If it's not Christ, it'll be into something. So, um, but everything else is going to fail us. Everything in the world, um, ourselves, people, everything else, if that's what we put our identity in, it will fail us because it's not a strong enough foundation and it's not solid. So let's just start there. How has God helped you in putting your identity in him and and really just growing your roots deeper in him? I grew up in a Christian home. And so I have a lot of Christian talk Mm. um, as a girl. And so much of my childhood was shaped by me thinking that belonging to Jesus was about behaving the way he wanted me to. Mm. And as I grew into adulthood and came face to face with like my flesh patterns and habits and things that I couldn't seem to do right. Right. Like I couldn't do it the good way. I couldn't seem to honor the Lord with my choices. Um, is it Romans seven? Like I was doing what I didn't want to do and what I didn't (laughs) want to do, I was doing. And I used to sit in that passage and, and was sort of a woe is me. Um, but I began to, out of that began to think, um, like, what is the Christian faith about if it's not changing 
how I behave. Like I have all of this head knowledge Mm. and, and it's not affecting goodness or hope in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I began to wrestle with anger and depression over that. Like you were really good, God. Um, Mm. I wanted sort of to be exempted from the human experience, right? Like I didn't, I wanted some sort of exemption where these emotional ups and downs, where these poor choices, where those all just sort of leveled out into this easy, (laughs) (laughs) easy and calm life experience. Um, I began to see a counselor when I was 21. And one of the first things we talked about was the love of God for me Mm. and in me and through me to others. And as I began to practice believing because it didn't come easy. Like it, faith does not come easy for me. I believe that it's a gift. My right. husband and I joke that he got more of the gift than I did because <laughs> faith is a discipline for me. It's a habit. Mm. Um, and as I began to practice believing that what God says of me is true, that began to dissolve into a knowing. And as it dissolved into the knowing, I began to realize, okay, my starting place is being beloved of God. My yeah. starting place is being hidden in Christ. My starting place is that I've been given the mind of Mm, Christ and that the mm -hmm. spirit of God indwells me. I'm not working for that. I'm working from that. And that began to change how I saw myself. Like my identity was no longer about what I could do or couldn't do or um, how sound my theological boxes were. It was about, I am beloved of God and I can live out of that being lovedness and into the presence of God in all things. Um, and that was that believing that I'm loved and that I am joined to Christ was, that was a not groundbreaker. Believing I am joined to Christ was revolutionary for me mm. because I heard it my whole childhood, yeah. but it was as a young adult that I started going, Oh, like, my, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me yeah. and the life that I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's Galatians 2.20. And that just began radically changing my response to life circumstances. It yeah. wasn't because I got better at behaving. I got better at believing. Well, and out of that came the behavior. Yes. It's that. a natural overflow right. when I what God says about me and what he says about who I am, Mm -hmm. then I have a a supernatural motivation, if you will, to walk in alignment with what he says of me and how he instructs us to live in the scriptures. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that idea of you're not coming from behind, you know, you're not working to get to the start and then you can go, you know, your, his sacrifice, his death and resurrection puts us there and makes it even, even playing field, um, mm-hmm. and, and gets us to that starting point with nothing that we've done other than yeah. accepting his gift. Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful picture of just the gospel in general of mm-hmm. just his love for us and his, um, his gift to us that it's, it's not earned. It's not, anything that we can do on our own accord, which I think is really pervasive right now that we can do it. You can do it. Like you're enough. Like I'm not enough. Really. I I am (laughs) through Christ. He makes me enough, but I'm not on my own accord. So, and I think you make a really good point too, of there's a lot of people that have grown up in the church 
who have heard this over and over again, who know it in their head, but don't really believe it or know it in their heart, or maybe they've been hurt or they've gone through really hard times and trials that there's a disconnect there. There's a knowledge, but not a belief. There is a an understanding, a conceptual understanding, but not actually transformative in their life. And we need to bridge that gap or else Mm -hmm. we're going to completely miss the boat. And yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people do. They just, they, they know it, they get it and maybe they accept it, but maybe they don't and they don't get it in their heart. Um, So I think that's where we can kind of, we go into what uh, other things we were talking about, about discipleship and getting in the word and knowing it beyond knowing, (laughs) knowing it in your head, (laughs) um, knowing it in your heart, because you are in a discipleship relationship, you're in a local church, you are, maybe you're being mentored or getting counseling. Um, but really just what does that look like for you in your life? You know, you mentioned counseling, but over the years, how has that helped you grow in your faith, help you develop and practice that discipline of faith? Yeah. I think that being connected to the body of Christ probably matters more than we think Mm -hmm. it does. Um, especially for those of us who are introverts, like (laughs) I don't have a strong need for people Mm. and I, humanly speaking, I feel okay when I'm not around people or when I'm not connected. Um, but that is not a real reflection of my actual need to be connected to the body of Christ. And so over the years, um, as I've experienced life change and suffering and growth, um, God has showed me over and again, my need for sisters and brothers in the Lord who can walk alongside and correct when Mm. I and link arms when we need it. Um, and like you said, I've had direct counseling, like purposeful pursuit of counseling, but also, um, I've sought out women that I'm like, Hey, you're 20 or 30 years older than me. You're still walking with the Lord. You love his church. Would you take a walk with me every now and then? And can I ask you about how you love Jesus? Um, and I've also always loved experiencing, uh, relationships with younger women who are a few life stages, not behind, but like uh, yeah. just a few life yeah. stages back from where I am mm-hmm. um, and being able to share life with them and what I've experienced about God in those stages. Sometimes I've had um, a very intentional, like a young woman will come and say, would you mentor me? This is what I think it should look like. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And we'll spend some time talking and praying about ideas and how that might flesh out in an encouraging way. And sometimes it's like, I'll realize Hey, this young couple has been on our couch for six months, once a month. I think we were mentoring them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sort of incidental. And I think that's how it goes in, in the body of Christ in community. Like sometimes there are seasons where we want intentional connectivity and we want to invite someone else's wisdom into our lives and ask them to hold us accountable to the words of the Lord and ask them to hold us accountable to practicing faith and obedience. And sometimes it's peer relationships, brothers and sisters who are saying, I see this in you and I commend you for listening to the father, or I see this in you. And I think this is an area where you can trust God better. What could I pray over you regarding this? Um, And I think that requires a level of vulnerability that not everybody's super comfortable with. And I don't think that everybody is called to like 
level five transparency. Right. <laughs> like I think in our There's culture, still boundaries. Right? I, I'm a fan of boundaries. Um, I, I joke sometimes. I'm like, I love Jesus and iced coffee and boundaries. These are my favorite <laughs> things. Um, but I, I do think our culture tends to idolize authenticity as if mm. everything we think or feel needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true. I think God provides safe relationships often built over long periods of time yeah. where we can invite other people to walk with us in the Lord. Mm. Um, and that can make a profound difference in how we experience God. Like I um, remember speaking with my counselor probably 10 or 11 years ago about wrestling with friendship and feeling simultaneously lonely and like, I don't want anybody. <laughs> and how do I be, how do I be mm. friends in yeah. the world? people. And he listened and laughed. And he said, I think God will make a lover out of you yet. Mm. And obviously he wasn't speaking romantically. I have a husband. I love him. Um, But I did not yet, I had not yet experienced what it meant to love others in the Lord and receive the gift of their love. Yeah, And I think there's a building up of the body that happens when we're willing to be vulnerable in that way. Beautiful. I want to circle back really quick. You, a couple of times, you, when you're talking about the mentoring relationship, it was usually the person wanting to be mentored, seeking it out. And so I just want to like say that real quick, go ask someone to walk with you. Like, don't be afraid to, to reach out to someone. And it may be you may get a no. You may someone may be like, "Mm, no, but I found that when we seek out that it's so, I mean, just spiritually and relationally rich, but it's not always going to just happen organically. A lot of the time it does, but go ask someone, like be bold in going to ask someone to, to be, you know, that kind of that guide or that mentor for you. Um, and you can't, you can kind of flesh it out and kind of pray about what that would specifically look like. Is that getting coffee once a month? Is that a zoom call? Is that what, you know, what does that Mm -hmm. look like? But be bold in going and seeking that out. And then if you are a little bit further along in the faith, go find someone you can pour into. I mean, I think, regardless of our age, we always could use a mentor, but if we are further along in our spiritual journey or in just in life in general, and maybe we are, you know, we have older kids or, you know, we've been in ministry long, you know, a long time or whatever, like go find someone that you can pour into and see if that's something that they're interested in. So that was my little like plug for mentoring, like go mentor. (laughs) And I think be willing to trust God with the mess of it yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's not always pretty. I would love for mentoring to be like my cute little succulent in my coffee cup, <laughs> but often it's me like having a girl in my home while we're folding laundry and I'm chasing kids yeah. and trying to speak sort of vaguely. So my children don't catch on to the full conversation. <laughs> right. and, then, and then she leaves and I'm going, Oh Lord God, like cover my mess for me. I hope that I was an exhortation. I hope that I wasn't a heretic in this. <laughs> Holy Spirit, just use it. Cover me. Yeah. Yes. Right. And and that's where I think we get really caught up in you know, the logistics and the formality of it. And sometimes right. it is a formal relationship and it it has specific, you know, specific 
things to it but sometimes it is it's just doing life with people it's it's having the teenager who babysits your kids over while you're home and -hmm. like let her see you parent and and talk to her and let her help you do the laundry or whatever but it's those kinds of things that um it doesn't always happen in an instagram worthy coffee shop with right pretty things like sometimes it's just doing life with people and inviting them into your home or into your space or into your mess and and showing them how how you encounter God and also the reverse of you don't have to have it all figured out to go seek a mentor (laughs) you know that's kind of the point is because you don't have it all figured out (laughs) you need to go seek a mentor um but you also you're talking a lot about um the vulnerability piece and the authenticity piece. And I think that's really important because of our social media age that we literally have apps that are built for consumption. That's, yes. that's literally what they're for. And it's not all bad. I, I go on yes. to consume and I, I've learned so much. I've grown. My perspective has changed. Like there's been a lot of good that comes from the content that I consume, but that can't be it. And that can't be all that we're that for the sake of followers or likes or consumption that we're just constantly putting everything out there that is not meant for public consumption. Um, and, and then on a personal level, even in relationship, it's not always meant for everyone to know everything. That's kind of where those boundaries come in that when you in are in that personal relationship with people, there are things that you need to find those people that you can be raw and real and honest with, mm-hmm. but then also know who's not that person. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You can still be authentic without them knowing everything about you. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. not, um, not sharing everything or having some things that you keep close to the chest is not the opposite of being authentic. Right. And I think it's we kind of forget that sometimes. It's not hypocritical to know where your boundaries are yeah, and where to draw them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's important to just a, a, an important note, if you will, um, as you start encountering and, and seeking out some of these relationships, a mentoring relationship or an accountability relationship. Those are more, you have, you know, more area you can cover. There's more things you should feel comfortable sharing with those people in order for them to hold you accountable. Um, but if you are maybe the mentor, there's going to be things that maybe you don't share or you share in a more vague way of, of the right. lesson learned rather than maybe the, the details of the situation. Right. Um, and so and I, I really appreciate you said God, that. Um, and I think we trust God with the pacing mm, yep. of that. Because um, it can change. It can, depending on personalities and life seasons and other things that are going on. And so I think our prayer is always, God, give me your eyes to see this clearly so that I can walk in obedience so that I'm not rushing ahead of you or lagging behind you. Yes. Um, and I don't think God is looking out to ping us if we <laughs> misstep. Right. Um, There's grace. <laughs> there is. Um, but I think our attentiveness to his voice and his feedback primarily will lead us well and in, in those discipleship and mentoring relationships. Absolutely. You mentioned too going through some difficult seasons and we've all been there. I mean, we all lived through 2020, so <laughs> <laughs> we've had that, but we, we have, we've had things that we've 
grieved or that have been hard or just messy. And I want to kind of talk about that, how how our feelings or our circumstances do are not that's why we can't put our identity in those things, mm. in our roles, in our responsibilities, in our circumstances as a mom or a wife or a ministry leader or a business owner or whatever it is that we are or do. We have to put it in Christ. Right. So that when we go through those hard things, we're not completely derailed. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit. How yeah. you experience that? If we are drawing our ultimate sense of reality and rightness from our circumstances, for starters, that's always in flux. It's not going to be consistent. Right. It's not going to be a steady um, in the seen and temporal realm, our earthly human experience. Mm. There's, there's, uh, we lack every sense of control. <laughs> that we like to think that we have. And so yeah. if we're drawing our sustenance and our sense of meaning mm. from our circumstances or our ability to respond to them in a particular way, then I think we're going to be disappointed and we're going to have um, placed an ill-fitting expectation on our own selves. I think if I am drawing my ultimate meaning and security from my circumstances, that's not going to be a settled thing. And if I am my own point of reference for reality, I am wildly limiting the scope of what I can experience with God, because I'm saying my, like my perspective, I am the source of wisdom and reference for what's going on. So I don't think we have a steady place to stand. We are not rooted, if you will. um, If we're trusting our own perspective, um, on our earthly circumstances and experiences, because those can change so rapidly. I, yeah. I love that quote by Elizabeth Elliot. The difference is not me in a new set of circumstances. The difference is Christ in me. Yeah. She may have written that in the opposite order, <laughs> um, but Christ in me is an anchored, a rooted reality. Mm-hmm. And so I think of second Corinthians about the unseen and eternal versus the seen and temporal. Mm -hmm. And if I am hidden with Christ in God, if I am rooted and anchored in the unseen and eternal down here below that imaginary line in the seen and temporal, like all sorts of wildly wild swinging things can happen with my emotions and my circumstances. And I want to pin my emotions and my circumstances all up on the good side. Like I want them to feel pleasant all the time. (laughs) But if that's what I'm judging reality on, how my Mm. circumstances feel back Mm. and forth on this swing, then I'm missing an unseen and eternal reality that I am hidden with Christ and Christ is hidden in God and the spirit of God indwells me. And that's, that's my anchored reality. That's the unchanging truth and perspective that I can use to measure my circumstances, not because my feelings are bad or my hurt is invalid. Like our feelings often tell us what is, true they are often incomplete indicators of reality Hmm. they're not sufficient to tell us the whole truth of the circumstance they are limited in scope um whereas the the truth of what god says um about his presence to Mm -hmm. us about the indwelling spirit about our being loved and kept and carried those things are unseen realities that can shape how we engage with these heartbreaking experiences that we have in the scene and temporal. 
Well, and if we only operate from a place of our humanness or our human experience, our feelings, it's easy to forget the goodness of God. And that even, even when things are hard, even when we're going through a hard season or a difficult situation, or maybe suddenly a role changes or, you know, something shifts our, our job, we lose a job. We, you know, something changes drastically. We, if we're just focused on those things and, and really um, our identity is in those things, we get lost and we spiral and, Mm. and we forget that God is permanent, that he's good and that he, he is eternal. And so keeping that eternal perspective, Mm -hmm. again, not to say feelings aren't valid, they are totally valid. And we get to, he gave us those feelings. We get to experience the good and the bad and, and the swinging of those feelings, but we can't be, we can identify those. They can't, they can't identify us. They don't name us. Right. And we don't, we don't ever call bad things. Good. We never look at abuse or neglect or trauma and, and try to smother it away with, Oh, but God is good. And God is faithful. The, the true things, um, should never be used as a weapon to dismiss Mm. hurt and trauma, Um, but they should be a comfort to us in hurt Mm. and in trauma. Yeah. Um, And in those experiences where God is going to issue his healing over a long period of time, because we know that the different, like our human experiences um, heal at different paces and different rates. And some require more intentional um, counseling and therapies and different things. And so I don't think we ever have to say, dismissively of of hurt or sadness but god is good amen (laughs) right you don't have to you don't have to call bad good but we always get to call god good and we know that god is always present Mm -hmm. so when he doesn't exempt us from pain we also remember that he did not spare his own son but gave him also along with what is that verse he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all Will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Yeah. And like Paul, like we like the idea of sharing in the fellowship of suffering, but yeah. maybe not so much the reality. Not the actual suffering. We like uh, the reward that comes at the end. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, we we say not lightly that in order for there to be a resurrection, we do pass through a death. Yeah. And that's a hard, that is hard. And so God's presence should and prayerfully will become much more dear to us yeah. along the road. Um, so that, that we see that as a gift. Like we don't look and say, where were you? Why didn't you prevent mm. X, Y, Z from happening? Right. We can ask that God is not scared of that. Right. That's like, we yes. can bring those questions to him. Um, just like when Lazarus died and Mary and Martha were like, or was, or Martha specifically yeah. was like, Hey, where were you? Where, yeah. If you were here, this wouldn't have happened. You could yeah. have stopped this. Like mm-hmm. she brings her whole um, human response to this grief into yeah. the presence of Jesus. And is like, you could do something with this. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know yet that he's going to, that he's going right. to do something that he's going to bring life to Lazarus. But I love that about Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. It, Mary cherishes and she weeps and she sits at the feet of Jesus. And the way that Martha engages with Jesus is, Hey, <laughs> you need Where to were do you? something here. <laughs> yeah. And she bring like she doesn't shy away from bringing yeah. her longing and her frustration and her feelings and her whole self and yes. yes. But then she asks for him for his story on that. 
Yeah. And I think we get to do that in our, in our waiting, in our longing, in our sadness. Like we get to bring our whole selves before Mm. the presence of the King and say, this is how it is. I hate this. This stinks. You could have done better, but what do you say, God? Show me what you say over me. And sometimes we're not ready for the, but God show me for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. And we get to trust him in that. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. This has been so good. So if you had all of the people listening, just sitting across from you at the table, what would you like? Is there one thing you would want to leave them with, with this conversation? I think I would want people to believe that Jesus is worth waiting with Mm. and that um, his love for us really is transformative. Yeah. Um, Glenna Marshall wrote a book called The Promise is His Presence. And sometimes I think the title is sufficient. (laughs) The book is wonderful, but the title is, is a strong reminder for me that in whatever season, in whatever upheaval, in whatever pain or difficulty, God's promise to me was not that he would eliminate my human experience, but that he would be present with me through that. And so he can handle the tension of my doubt and my questions and my sadness and my longing um, because he is sovereign, because he Mm -hmm. loves me, because he's generous with his love. um, And because I am indwelled by his spirit, I did not have to fear what is coming Mm -hmm. Um, because when whatever comes through the hand of God, the father and arrives to me, it will find me filled with the spirit of God. And so I don't have to fear. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing and being yeah. here and chatting with me about this. This is fun. This was so good. And it was encouraging for me. I I just love when those conversations just feel so empowering and encouraging and help me see Jesus in a new way or in a mm. more full way, I guess. Mm. So we are going to wrap up with some fun, lighthearted questions <laughs> just to be silly. So the first one, do you eat breakfast for any meal of the day? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone feels that way. I think I've recently learned that, that that's like sort of a controversial question, but yes, we regularly schedule breakfast for dinner. Absolutely. Love it. Awesome. (laughs) What is a product or resource that you're loving right now? It can be super fun and light, or it can be very actually helpful and spiritual. (laughs) Um, my fun and light product is, um, I'm using these great oils to clean my face. I, maybe what? I shouldn't say that. Maybe no. I should pick something different, no, but that's great. I feel so fresh and so clean with these fancy face <laughs> oils. <laughs> you know, skincare is a new world for me that I was like, I'm fine. And then I'm like, oh wait, I turned after I turned 30. I was like, mm, maybe I should actually care about this a little bit. That's so funny. I turn 40 next year. And so I'm like, let me rub that in real good next to these eye wrinkles that are right <laughs> underneath. So, um, but a, like a helpful resource, I am a resource gusher. It's one of my love languages and I'm, I'm holding this here. I know you can see it. No one else can see it. I'm reading this book <laughs> called saints, sufferers and sinners. It's about loving others. Well, mm. um, because of God's love for us. And that's been profoundly encouraging to me. Mm. So it's written by a counselor. And he gives just really great and practical ways to be an expression of God's love in your community. That's awesome. 
I love that. We could all use that a little bit more in our life. Let's love well, people. Yes, please. Uh, When you are having a bad day, what's something you do to turn it around? Um, Something I do is chips and salsa, but that doesn't (laughs) usually work. (laughs) Um, Something that actually affects change is when I uh, like will relocate myself. Mm. get up out of the chair or get out of the room or preferably go outside and move my body or like quick do some like jumping jacks in place. But I find that physically moving myself from whatever position I've been in redirects my thoughts. It's so good. I know even just stepping outside or going for a quick walk around the block can just totally clear your mind, shift your perspective. Super helpful. Yes. Awesome. Well, where can people find you, connect with you, see more of what you are sharing about? I am on Instagram at ST Sandal and it's not Saint Sandal. (laughs) Several people (laughs) were like, are you calling yourself Saint Sandal? I was like, no, no, that's my, that's my initials. That's so funny. I didn't even think that. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah. Sarah T Sandal. So at ST Sandal on Instagram. And I, and I hang out there most of the time, although I recently listened to your Sabbath episode, your bonus episode. And now I'm like, <laughs> mm, I need to draw some boundaries around this. But also I write, I blog at sarahsandal.com. Okay. So I am working to be more faithful with that, but primarily that's where my long form pieces are about the tension of doubt and faith and faithful obedience in the mundane. I love it. I love it. We will link all of that in the description so people can connect with you. Thanks, Sarah, for being here. This is so good. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rooted and Established podcast. As always, I'm so grateful you took time to listen. I would be honored if you take a moment to leave a five-star rating and positive review. This helps other potential listeners know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And while you're at it, screenshot the podcast and put it on your social media or stories to share with your friends. That is worth a thousand thank yous. But if you tag me, I'll be sure to personally thank you myself. I hope you have a great week and we'll chat again soon.